Welcome to The Gab by the Independent Press Award. I'm your hostess, Gabby Olzak. Today, we welcome award-winning author James Ross of Jackson, Wyoming. Jim's debut mystery novel, Cold's Water Revenge, was recently awarded the 2022 Independent Press Award. In addition to a multitude of awards, his debut historical fiction novel, Hunting Teddy Roosevelt, received the 2021 Independent Press Award Distinguished Favorite. A novelist and gifted storyteller, Jim has also been a Peace Corps volunteer in the Congo, a CBS News producer, and a congressional staffer, and a Wall Street lawyer. Jim, welcome to The Gab, and congratulations. Well, thank you, Gab. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So, Jim, you were quoted as saying, I wrote my first book in college and published the first one the same year I started to collect Social Security. I love that quote. Of course, that book was, was Hunting Teddy Roosevelt. Seems like you've lived many, many lives in between. Share with us how these various stages in life prepared you to be a better writer. Well, I was, there, there's Chinese saying, or curse, depending on how you look at it. Uh, may you live in interesting times. I think for my generation going to uh, college during the Vietnam War and, and that period was you know, a, a pretty exciting introduction to adult life. You know, it was a period of, of constant change. When I look back at it, you know, I feel a certain degree of compassion for the parents of my generation who were, uh, you know, depression babies, you know, the, the, the ones who, uh, the men went off and fought World War II, the, the ones who came back, who survived, came back and started families early. You know, life was good for a while and then all hell broke loose in terms of a difference in generations, the Vietnam War and so on and so forth. You know, things haven't stopped changing dramatically since then. I think I'm the, the beneficiary or the recipient of that Chinese curse. May you uh, live in interesting times. Well, you certainly did live and are living an interesting life. So, Jim, after publishing Hunting Teddy Roosevelt's a historical fiction novel, what led you to delve into the mystery thriller genre with Cold Water Revenge? And might I add, in addition to all of the awards that you've won for it, uh, it's number 15 on the Amazon mystery bestseller chart, No Easy Feat. So what made you decide to delve into that genre? Well, um, actually, I wrote that book before I wrote Hunting Teddy Roosevelt. I had actually a meeting with my then agent uh, at his office to sign a contract for that book right at the time of the 2008 crash. And when I showed up to uh, sign the contract for it, the publisher backed out. And uh, <laughs> at that point, he sat me down and said, look, you know, the market is in disarray. Uh, if you, you know, if you were a Kennedy or a New York ball player, we could probably make this deal go through, but ain't going to happen. So in the meantime, let's think about your next book. And we started kicking around ideas and uh, Hunting Teddy Roosevelt came out of that. You know, the actually Cold Water Revenge was written, you know, before, you know, before Hunting Teddy Roosevelt, although it sold uh you know, 10 years later. And as you know, that's publishing. That Yes, it certainly is. Now, which book did you enjoy writing more and why? I enjoyed writing Cold Water Revenge more because it, it it's basically, you know, a thinly disguised autobiography. So I got to uh, 
revisit the town and, and, and people of my youth in certain respects, settle some old scores. And also, I think the themes in the book are, you know, deeper and richer. The hunting Teddy Roosevelt, you know, he's a larger than life character. He takes over the story. It's a, you know, it's action adventure. And while I, you know, had a guest writing it, Cold Water Revenge and the Cold Water Mystery series, for that matter, have, in my view, more depth to them. You, you seem to draw an awful lot from your real life experiences, yeah. uh, especially as you said, with cold water revenge. Sounds like you had a really idyllic childhood growing up in a small farming community near a lake. And in fact, one of your protagonists, Tom, in cold water revenge <clears throat> is influenced by Father Goss. Yes. And I understand the real Father Goss recently passed away. And you, you were quoted as saying that he helped both you and Tom rise above your raising. What did you mean by that? I grew up in a fairly typical small town, church-centric, eth- you know, Irish ethnic community. While that's very protective and it's, you know, it's a safe place to grow up, uh, it's not the real world. And its values tend to be very conservative. If you happen to be different at all, from the group, you know, if you're smarter or you're this, that, or the other thing, you know, the tall poppy syndrome will kick in, you know, <laughs> you're sp- you'll get cut back to average and, 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 you know, to fit. And for some people that simply doesn't work. And I was fortunate enough to, in the Father Gauss character, uh, encounter a real intellectual, you know, which <laughs> were rare in my little town at that time. You know, he sort of took me under his wing and introduced me to a larger world. You know, I realized that um, there was, you know, life beyond cold water with, uh, you know, possibilities that more suited, uh, you know, who I am. So like the Tom character, I left, you know, and and made my, uh, you know, my way in the larger world as opposed to, uh, you know, staying in the community I grew up in. Which of the two brothers, Jim, do you connect with more, Tom or Joe? Uh, I Tom, for <laughs> you know probably obvious reasons, but Joe, Joe reflects the upbringing I had. You know the the you know the tough, stoic, don't tread on me, macho prototype of the, you know 1950s and 60s. You know, there's a part of him that I I retain and cherish, but he, he's a small part. Now, I'm curious, was it your calling to become a storyteller and writer? Because I I understand there's a tradition of storytelling in your family. And in fact, your son is also a writer. Yes, Um, I would say it wasn't an intention. It's more if if you've been blessed or cursed with any kind of ability, whether it's athleticism, you know, visual arts, writing, painting or whatever, you need to give it expression or it'll bug the bejesus out of you. You know, we don't choose. We just at a certain point discover that there's this itch we have to scratch. You know, there's really no choice for uh, for many, many of us. So, so it, what, it, it sounds like it was a calling. And I, I enjoyed many of your stories. And one of the stories you told was about your son. When he was younger, He you said he really didn't read a lot. He, he wasn't. And you as a writer, I'm sure, was right. that was a little disheartening for you. So now that he's a writer, what advice do you have for your son and also for aspiring authors? The most helpful advice 
I can think of is don't count on making a living at it. Um, <laughs> this is an art. Do your best. That's where you'll get the satisfaction. If you're a storyteller, you're going to have to tell stories. If you keep doing it, you'll you know, reach a level of proficiency where you know people will enjoy listening to you. That is its own reward. And for all but a very few, it's its own and only reward. <laughs> uh, you know, the arts are tough. I would say to any aspiring writer, enjoy this gift, but have a plan B. Well, it sounds like you had many plan Bs, Jim, yes. throughout your life. So book two in the series, Coldwater Confession, was recently published. Two, two questions there. Tell us the difference between Coldwater Confession and Revenge. Mm -hmm. And why did you do a series? The, the, I, I did a series because I signed a contract to do a series, is the honest answer. The publisher okay. who bought Coldwater Revenge said, love the book. We want three of them. It's like, Okay. Well, that's yeah. flattering. Yeah. Well, I already had uh, book number two in the trunk. So it was really uh, a commitment to come up with a third, as is the case in uh, publishing. Many, there are many hands took a, a turn improving Coldwater Revenge when it first came out. So that the book I had in the trunk is book number two, Coldwater Confession, uh, needed to be conformed to all the changes in book number one. You know, just to throw out an example, the original Coldwater Revenge, both brothers were bachelors. You know, the story unfolded from there. And at the suggestion of uh, my then agent, we gave Joe a family. So Tom, uh, his brother, didn't seem so much a cold, remote Wall Street jerk. Instead, he you know, was the beloved uncle and you could see his softer side. Things like that. Uh, the right. basic blocking and tackling, making a series coherent if you make fundamental changes to the beginning as I did. But that's, uh, you know, that's uh, really how the three book series came about, a, a contract. The concept was much simpler than that. When my sons who were, were close in age were about to enter high school, their, their mother said to me, my worst fear is that they fall for the same girl. And bingo, that was the series right there. I love it. And it, it must have been really satisfying, as you said, because it is uh, really semi-autobiographical, -autobi um, mm -hmm. which, which is really fun as an author to write. So do you have any other, I'm sure book three is either in the trunk or already written. Do you have any other books in the trunk that you're thinking about or... Yes, actually, uh, I'm working on the third book in the series now, but the one I hope to write um, after this is based on the moth story that's up on my website, the story of, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I did a, a live storytelling for the moth, I guess it's called the moth radio hour. When they were touring the West, they invited some local storytellers, myself included, to, to join them. So we did an a evening at, at a local concert hall where I told a story about getting my boy, my then girlfriend, later wife, and, and my son's mother out of the Congo in the midst of an uh, invasion of the, um, the country by uh, Cuban and Angolan rebels. It was kind of a hair-raising adventure. Uh, story went over well, and it's a book that uh, 
It's a story I'd like to turn into a book next. My only hesitation is whether it's a story that's long long enough to be a novel. So if any of your readers happen to visit my website and you don't want to uh, play the uh, that performance, I'd love feedback on that. Well, I I have. I have actually listened to quite a few of your stories, and I, I think it's fair to say, Jim, you can also add comedian to your resume, without a doubt. <laughs> Tell us about your newsletter, because I think our readers would be very interested in listening to some of your stories. Well, trying to get an audience for your stories is you know, marketing and sales as opposed to art. So I'm actually learning as I, I go along. You know, it's rec- been recommended to me by the, my publisher and others that I have a newsletter, I have a website, I have a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. As a you know former lawyer and businessman, I'm reminded of uh, what John Wanamaker, the founder of the uh, first department store, said about advertising. He said uh, something to the effect that. Um, of advertising is wasted. We know that. We just don't know which 50%. (laughs) So so the newsletter newsletter is part of an effort to just make people aware of Jim Ross Storyteller. Listen up if you like it, listen more. But whether it's an effective marketing and sales uh, tool, I don't really know. Well, let's let's try to help you out. How can readers learn more about you? I, I think the best place is to go to my website jamesrossauthor.com. There you can have, there are links to all my books. There are links to live performances. There are links to published stories. You know, there's quite a bit of material on there. And hopefully whoever lands on that page is so fascinated that it takes them at least an hour or two before they leave. Well, I think there's a pretty good chance of that for sure. So one final question, Jim, during the pandemic, you were asked who you would want to meet or hang out with. And you replied, myself at age 20, so I can give me a heads up about the road ahead. So Jim, what would you say to your younger self? I would say, get rid of your vices earlier than you did. Work on your strengths harder. Enjoy the ride. Great advice. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. This is Gabby Olzak of The Gab. Join us next week when we talk with Stephen Fish, author of A Call to Reform. Until next time, keep reading.